0: Welcome to Episode Sixteen. Another one from the content machine. You know a Miss Hopsey. He's your friend. He's the only one that's gonna be there till the bitter end. Another episode, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. It is your host with the most hopsy baby boy. Recording this Monday at 11 a.m., releasing late because yesterday I woke up early, took it a little easy on Halloween night, didn't do anything too crazy, was in bed at an early hour and um, had allotted some time to record this show and the power was out. Power has been out several weekends in the last month during this time for scheduled maintenance and then I wasn't planning on that and um, laptop was dead, phone dead, everything dead. And I had plans to go watch a big football game there, watch the Bills game with uh, some friends. They usually make a trip out of it and go down to Buffalo once a year. Obviously, that's not happening with the borders being closed and stuff. So they had a small soiree, literally not even 10 of us, I don't think. Um, But we just hung out there. We were supposed to get some skeet shooting in, shoot some guns in the fields, in the farmer's field. But... I mean, the weather was atrocious, Uh, got some really good food, though, had smoked pork belly sandwiches, I'd never had pork belly before in my life, unbelievable, unbelievable, definitely a must try if you have not yet yourself, Um, it was a a good time, had way too many beers, got home at a decent hour, and I literally uh, went to bed at 7pm, and I slept till 7am, I slept for a full 12 hours, I don't think I've ever done that in my life, certainly not in a long time, Um, so... I apologize about that. Um, kind of pissed me off because I was going to have it out in time. I was fired up to record this episode. Lots of juicy things happening out there. I just said juicy. That's disgusting. But we roll on here on this on this show, folks, like we always do. We love to do that. Um, hope you all had a great Halloween. Mine was very low-key. Didn't do much. Hung out at my sister, my sister, my girlfriend's sister's boyfriend's house. What a mouthful that is. I feel like I used that term way too long. There's got to be an easier way to say that. But we went over there, hung out. Weren't many trick-or-treaters at all, but um, had some fun, watched some movies, a couple cocktails. I uh, was really hoping that a kid was going to come out of the woods and fuck with us, you know, maybe ring the doorbell, run away, try to egg the house, get some TP going. And then we could have chased him down, uh, dragged him back into a farmer's field and possibly skinned them. That would have been fun. Didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, Halloween's got this magic to it. I mean, it always feels like, I feel like that's the night people are just going to do some stupid shit. Um, historically, at night, people like to pull a lot of good pranks. So, I mean, that night, I'm always on edge thinking something sweet's going to happen. And, I mean, I'm not the age where I'm trying to pull these sweet pranks now. I'm almost hoping they happen to you so that you can react and then and chase these kids making their night and your own. That's the dream. Didn't happen, unfortunately, that night. But, you know, it made me think back to, I think I was 19 when this happened. And so... I mean, I'm, re- I'm not very old, I'm just a teenager, so I'm, I'm recently off the cuff of acting like an idiot at that time of year, and I don't think much was going on, I'm 90% sure this was Halloween, if not, it was days just prior, but we were chilling out, watching a movie in the living room area of my aunt's home, I was uh, billeted with my aunt, uh, my whole family's from Mirror Machine, New Brunswick, uh, there's going to be a lot of tales about Mirror Machine, New Brunswick, because that place is hallowed ground, great spot, anyways, my mother's a triplet. Actually, an identical triplet. And I lived with one of my mom's triplet sisters when I played there for two seasons. So it was a great time. Great host. Mary Allison, love you to death. Um, enough of that, though. So we were spending some time at their home. I was uh, sitting with uh, some of my cousins and my friend, Brett Malone, a uh, friend of the program. He'll be on one day, hopefully. Um, he's the man that we like to refer to as budget bugsy on the show. Uh, enough about that. We heard him, my, my cousin's husband, Jordan Ryan, and Christina, my cousin, we were just chilling out. We were watching a scary movie. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see some headlights going down the road and they they are stopping right in front of our house, which is very rare. I mean, there's one house across the street. If you're not pulling into the driveway and um, going to my neighbor's house, I mean, there's not really a reason to slow down there. So we see the headlights stop and catches my eye. We're all watching a movie and I look out and I see this young lady, high school age, must have been 10th, 11th grade or something like that. She gets out of the car, uh, The uh, I guess it's the driver's side Back door, and that's right facing the house, my aunt's house, and she gets out, takes two steps up under the yard, and I see her just cock back a throw, and I realize that what she's about to throw is an egg. She's trying to egg my aunt's house, unbeknownst to her, as I sit there and see her in the act. And I don't even remember where I saw I don't even remember if I saw her throw it, but I was up out of that fucking couch. So gosh darn fast I put my jets on. I don't even know what shoes I don't even know if I put shoes on, but I took to foot and I chased these people. I came flying out the side door and I just took they were driving some shitty Honda Civic or something like that. I think it was gold and I just took off after them, like absolutely sprinting. And obviously they're in the car, the girl had gotten back in. I heard them scream, squeeze the tires and they're running away. But then I must have made it a good block and a half down there and I could still see their taillights and like I don't know what my plan is. I was planning to outrun the car I guess and I don't know what I would have done had I caught them like what was I gonna do like kill them with my bare hands potentially anyways so I ran back got my buddy Brett to hop in his car dear old Carl we used to call Ursula it was a a fucking who knows a 98 Civic one of those like maroon red ones classic vehicle unfortunately he had to lay that thing to rest R.I.P Ursula but I got him to get into it and chase him and I was like we got to find these kids we're gonna make them pay for the sins that they have done towards us and no questions asked, he hops in the car, we're flying around, and sure enough, is not that big of a spot, Miramichi is like an area of four villages on the Miramichi River, there's Chatham Head, there's Chatham, Douglas Town, and Newcastle, and back when my parents, my mom, my mom's side lived there, like, it wouldn't have been called Miramichi, they would have gone by their own little village names, but now this whole area is Miramichi, so... We took to the roads we ended up finding them I mean Miramichi's not that big of a spot but we found them cruising around and then they know that we're like chasing after them so they start losing it and try to lose us and I remember I had a like a two liter like a big gulp but, but you know they at the Irvings they call it Polar Pop I know they do this at other places like Circle K and shit one of those styrofoam Polar Pops anyways there was one of those I got one of those in my hand from the car and it was full and I was like, man, just get me by them so I can just toss this right at the windshield. And then he's like, no, man, like we can't be throwing that at the windshield. Like, what if they crash? I'm like, whatever. I'm joking. That's not what I wanted. But we ended up continually chasing them. I had this thing cocked out the window. I wanted to let it fly. Unfortunately, didn't. And we chased them. These people know we're looking after them. And what do they do? They ended up driving right into the fucking house that they lived at. And the weirdest part of this all was the house that they drive into was a guy on my hockey team's billet home. So not only, I don't know if this is a random attack, but this girl was my buddy's billet sister. And she drives knowingly while we're chasing them right up to the house. And for some reason, I remember when we got back into the car, when, when I got Brett to pick me up in his car, I quickly ran into the house and I grabbed a carton of eggs. Like, I don't know what I thought I was gonna do, like egg them back. But then when we finally caught up to them, I thought I was being smart. And I like got up and I like presented them the eggs. And I was like, here, you left them on the lawn because the, the girl who threw the egg, it didn't even make it to the house. It landed on the yard and somehow didn't even break. which was actually very impressive. It was so embarrassing. It was the worst egging ever. But I caught up to them. I tried to give them eggs back. And I said, oh, you left this on my yard. wasn't a really cool chirp at all, but at the time I thought it was funny. And they, they came out and they tried to pretend it wasn't them, but it was just so odd. Like, these kids were dumb. They had a Ouija board in the back. I don't know what they were getting up to. It was Olivier Gendron's. That's his name. My buddy, a crazy Acadian kid from up there in Eel River. You ever heard of it? Probably not. Place is wild. He, um, he lived there and they had no words for it. They had no explanation for what the fuck they were doing there. And they had a Ouija board in the back. Don't know what was going on. Those kids were up in some weird shit. So, I mean, I didn't get to do anything sweet, but that's a little bit of a story of that only real cool prank I've tried to advert. Though the moral of this story is, I guess, being that you find someone pranking you in a Halloween night. You punish them, all right? And you heard that here, folks. we got to continue that tradition today, folks. Welcome to the program. It is episode 16. There's a lot of crazy shit going on right now. Cancel culture was in absolute full flight this week when Joe Rogan hosted, or had guess had on his guests, Alex Jones and Tim Dillon. I mean, I'm sure people weren't really upset about Tim Dillon, but Alex Jones, a very controversial, dubbed alt-right, uh, I don't even know what we'll call him, content creator, I'm not going to lie, I don't know fucking anything about him. I thought he was like a legendary old um, like broadcaster that people like referred to often in today's, I guess we'll say, viral content. I mean, I didn't really know anything about him. And I just seen everyone naturally blowing up at Joe Rogan about having this guy on his show saying that they're giving a platform to <clears throat> these crazy Far right conspiracy theorists and whatnot. Like just giving them a platform is a problem. I mean, I'm not sure what happened to free speech, but that just kind of falls under the category. I mean, it's a podcast. I think that he can say have on whoever the fuck he wants. If you don't agree with who's on someone's show, I mean, to be outraged about it and like address that publicly is just I don't understand the the goal of it. I mean, is there anything more privileged than like you're complaining about who's hosted on a on a on a podcast? Don't listen to it. I would just don't even talk about it. How do you, like, how do you, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I don't, and I don't view that Joe, like, Joe Rogan has so many different people on his show. It just doesn't make any sense to me. He's had like, he's had 15, like, hundred plus episodes, all with different guests. I mean, you think he's just gonna have the same people on that you wanna hear all the time? Like, that'd be a boring ass show. I mean, I feel like free speech doesn't stop when it, becomes on the internet like I think there should still be free speech on the internet I don't agree with false information and whatnot but I mean but the forms of censorship that we're seeing brought forth from like these big tech companies Facebook Twitter Instagram all this shit it's odd it's 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 a little weird and it's I think it's, it's a little troublesome I think that we can um, trust citizens people to um, wade through the informational bullshit that's all across the internet and make their own decisions, as they always have. I mean, the internet is part of our lives, uh, definitely very integrated part. It's going to be becoming more integrated every day. Um, I think people are smart enough to make their own decisions, and I don't think that... It, I mean, and I'm only saying this because, I, you know, you, i just been hearing recent tell of these fucking, you know, Facebook and stuff censoring certain articles that are from like the new york post and stuff like which is america's oldest newspaper i mean stuff like that is a little frightening these uh these big tech companies are i mean essentially they are trying to do what's right i guess but it's just the way they're going about it is a little frightening it's frightening and i just i just keep i i don't mean to talk about joe rogan but i just get i get such a kick out of just like why his show creates such outrage right now i mean I saw all these people saying like that they're gonna gas Spotify or like delete Spotify because of what Joe Rogan's doing. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with Spotify? Yes, I understand they are platforming a guy that can have these people on that can share these views that clearly someone isn't fucking agreeing with. But I think that the relationship between Spotify and Rogan is other than them hosting like him hosting the show for Rogan. And when I say him, I'm talking about Spotify, I guess whatever the fuck that means. There should be no relationship. They should have no say in what he does because. I mean, why do people always get upset about independent creators? Like, essentially, that's what Joe Rogan is. Why are we getting... Like, that's what... It, it puts fear into people that are behind these big companies, these big, I guess we'll call them groupthink ideals. I think that it just shows how, like, a show like Joe Rogan, who can do whatever he wants, go whatever direction he pleases, um, is just... It's it's terrifying to people, and it's it just, like... It seems to be terrifying to companies. I mean, he had, like, companies like DoorDash... Dropped him in early 2020, and they had like public statements saying that they don't agree with things being said on his show. And I'm like, DoorDash, how about you worry a little bit more about absolutely bringing food to the fucking doors of people that order through your app? I mean, have you ever looked at DoorDash online and see their reviews? They're horrific. I mean, let's worry more about that DoorDash, not who we're advertising on a podcast for. Have ever seen a company? I will never see a company and see where they've advertised on certain shows and 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 fucking gas them for that. I mean, maybe we will. That'll be the future. Who knows? This is not what I want to talk about, folks, at all. There's a lot of crazy shit going on right now. we got Lisa McLeod, who's adamantly banned body checking in the Ontario Hockey League. This is hilarious to me. I mean, I personally, I understand um, we're taking measures to fight COVID-19. We're doing things that are deemed necessary through the health boards and whatnot. But just cancel the fucking season then. Don't have non-contact OHL hockey. Trust me, that ain't... like. I thought ticket sales couldn't be hurt worse by the. I guess is it Commissioner David Branch? Like this guy's just trying to kill the game. I mean, the OHL has already put in a three fight limit. I mean, I worked. I was a. I was a employee of the Battalion, North Bay Battalion, for a couple of years. I mean, it was tough to sell tickets at some points. I feel like, and I mean, that's not, that's just typical rotations of good and bad teams or what. I mean, there wasn't a playoff team in North Bay last year. They got the first overall pick this year. I mean. Just not to talk about that, but the, the league itself needs some fucking help. Like, and I don't think that this this certainly ain't it. And watch it now. I mean, I saw John Scott had a little clip about his first reactions to hearing it. Um, you know, he's a content guy now. I've never listened to his podcast really, but apparently it's pretty good. I mean, he's a pretty articulate guy. I mean, kudos to him for for keeping it going. And you know, after his notable exit from the NHL, but what he said was, you know, he's like, wait and see how they react to the lack of injuries that'll be put forth from maybe no contact happening in the OHL and what if they just try to spread that widespread throughout the rest of uh, hockey and I mean it's just scary I mean stuff like that like you gotta I I worry about um, you see multiple junior leagues putting on cages and it, that's spreading across multiple leagues. Now you, you have something like no contact in a premier developmental hockey league that's supposed to be literally a pipeline for NHL superstars. They're not hitting. Like, how is this happening? How, how is this? And I don't understand what it's like with Canada. Why is the, how is Ontario making these decisions when the Western League and the Quebec League? Like the Quebec League is already playing. They're they're having contact. I understand the caseloads are a lot different over there and whatnot, but like we really fucking think that we're are we gonna cure COVID nineteen by banning body checking in the OHL? Is that what's gonna happen? Lisa McLeod, who the fuck is Lisa McLeod She's a forty six year old MP from the Depean region. She wrote a book. She wrote a book in two thousand ten that was called it was a it was a fucking baking book. It was called I'd rather be baking cookies, a collection of recipes from Lisa McLeod and Friends. A collection of recipes from Lisa McLeod and Friends is a cookbook written by Canadian politician Lisa McLeod, who is the member of the Legislative Assembly of Ontario for nepean Carleton. The book contains recipes from members of McLeod's riding, and from members of Canadian federal and provincial conservative political parties. Nice. This is, I'd rather she was baking cookies too. I think a lot of us would rather she was baking cookies than making decisions like this about the American American, the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League. This is a fucking joke, man. I mean, at certain points, I just do not get it. Like, that's the the sport of hockey has body contact in it. That is how the sport is played. I don't like. I in ways I've never agreed with female hockey not having body contact because, I mean, it's females hitting females. I don't understand what's the problem, but, like, they might as well say they have contact. Those girls are running around just smashing people. And they, they don't have big open ice hits, but there's a lot of... There's body contact in, in female hockey for sure. Like, they're, they're rubbing each other out. They're playing their angles. I mean, it's not it's, it's still a rough game. Rougher than 90% of the other sports that are in contact. And it's it, I, it's a great game still, but you can't play hockey without contact. So, I mean... I just don't... And So what are we going to do? We stick-checking people? Staying six feet apart? I hope not one person watches a single OHL game this year. I hope that happens. I hope hope no one attends a single game. They've announced that they're playing February 4th, but, I mean, that's an absolute joke. I mean, I understand, in a way, what they're trying to do, but, like, why do we... We're jumping through hoops to say that we're making a difference to fight COVID-19. Like, what the fuck is that really going to do? We have the most healthy young teenagers in the province amongst the healthiest in the country i don't think that we're, we are have to be worried about them running to each other spreading COVID around i mean i just it's it's unbelievable to me this doesn't make any sense like why are these people like mixing politics with sport if it if there's a mix at all it's you tell them that they can't do it other than that we don't need political figures making decisions like this for the uh, the ontario hockey league it's it's a it's a tough look it's a very poor look and um i don't even want to talk about it anymore i mean it, i i it's just stupid i mean they've they've gone so far like you got guys like what's his name i don't know how to say his name enrico Sissione. guy used to scrap all the time in the show and now he's telling like other major junior leagues that they need a gas fighting too like can we all just shut up for a second. I wish, why is hockey the sport that everyone wants to change? Like, hockey is the only sport I can really think of that always is trying to change itself to cater to the viewers that are not watching their sport currently. Has there ever been a, like, the hockey loves to change for people that maybe complain about what goes on in the sport, um, what they see from the outside. They cater to those people who, when changes are made, still are not fans of hockey. They don't. They will not watch the game. And I don't think... Wait, why, why does hockey have to always... We're always talking about changing it, making it so that more, pe- more and more people watch it. Like, I understand that from a marketing's perspective, but why can't we just stay true to what the sport is? I mean, I've always admired baseball to a degree. I mean, there are changes coming at more and more now than there ever has been, but I mean, they're still using wooden bats. Granted, if they did use metal bats, someone would die probably. They'd be hitting comebackers right through people's heads. But... I admire how a sport like baseball has changed so little in its illustrious and long history in terms of modern sport. I I, I honestly, personally, not that I watched tons of hockey before the original lockout in 2004-2005, or the second lockout, I guess we'll call it, the one where they changed the entire game. I am I argue that I don't think the game is better after those rule changes. I mean, they opened it wide up. It's a faster game for sure. Speed is always deemed good, but there was—I I think the game was safer in a lot of aspects when they played that clutch and grab style. I mean, it took skill to battle for positioning. That was part of the game. I mean, it was a lot. Uh, it definitely catered to bigger bodies for sure. So maybe that was the downfall. I don't know. A lot of people would deem that 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 the game now is more skilled. I mean, if you're talking about stick handling and um, passing plays like that, yeah, maybe it is. But. The kind of skill that was present in the game pre lockout was a lot different. It was like a chess match. You know, you had big bodies, you had skilled lines, but then you also had you know lines that could go out there and bang. You whole, teams had multiple fighters that brought totally different elements to the game. The game has changed a, a scary amount, and I don't know how it's gonna it's it's gonna keep a, it's just gonna keep going. I mean, you wait and see. They'll be wearing cages in the NHL soon, and, and fighting won't be a part of it. I can't believe fighting's lasted this long. But the thing I always say about sport. Is I feel like I, I watched a movie a long time ago. I forget what movie it is. They were talking about this. Honestly, it might have been Ice Guardians. So I mean, not to speak from a, a biased film, but w- at one moment with one one of the people they featured, in it said was that like sport is like an organized form of war, essentially that we like knowingly sign up for and agree to, and like that. I guess competition, that just natural competition, is just what we all crave. And I mean, in a contact sport. We get a lot of people out there and they're acting in ways that, you know, it's, you can't be physical in everyday life, but you can be in contact sports. And I mean, there's a, there's an art to that. There's a beauty to that. And I think every guy that plays the sport of hockey, anyone that plays any sport, but especially contact ones, they know the risks of playing that sport when they play it, they sign up for it, but they don't don't want to get hurt, but they are knowing of the risks like they, they've put themselves in there and that, that sport comes with those risks. I just don't understand. And that it just, I don't even know I'm rambling on right now, but I find that in general, just like, why don't we ever ask the people that actually partake in the sport that's being played on the ice? Not the old folks fucks up in the office, not the fucks taking tickets, not the fucks up there with their fucking thumb up their arse and bagging the popcorn the other, How about the people that are actually on the court, ice field, etc.? Let's ask them what they want to do with the sport. The people actually playing it. Let's stop catering to the people who have not a fucking thing to do with it outside the boundaries of the sport. All right, all right. It's enough. I'm not talking about that anymore. Um, Spoke briefly last week about the Mitchell Miller situation with the Phoenix Coyotes and the NHL, the University of North Dakota we will call it, and um, obviously uh, this is. not new news for anyone I'm not breaking any stories but they have um, reversed the course on this kid basically uh, now that he's been shoved into the limelight they have completely hung him out to dry which is I think uh, it, it is bullshit and I am not in any way sticking up for the actions that this kid did because what he has done is utterly disgusting and there is no excuse for it and there never will be but what I think they could have done is, um, again, he could have got in front of this. I think the reason that this might have happened the way it did is in, in part of it, obviously, his own handling. But um, we know what's happened. The University of North Dakota has also gotten rid of him too. He won't be playing hockey there this year. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to this kid. I'm definitely going to be keeping some tabs on him. I'm sure he'll end up over in Europe somewhere, some Russian league where, I mean, his past won't be really well known. So, I mean, I... I do. I. I don't want to, in a way, say I feel bad for the kid because I mean he dug his own grave when he did the stupid shit he did years ago. But I mean, I think it's pretty poor looking. Away. I mean, they, the Phoenix Coyotes, already knew about this. The NHL already knew about this. Uh, the University of North Dakota, I'm assuming, already knew about this. But once they find out that people care about what he did, like that at first they didn't care about it, but now it's a reactionary response to all the outrage. I mean. I would have liked to have seen, um, again, he could have got out in front of this. That's, the th- I just can't stop saying that about this. Like, he apparently wrote an apology letter to every single NHL team. He, but apparently never did anything. He never wrote any sort of apology to this kid, not his family, not anything. Like, if he was actually smart, he would have gone to this kid in person. He would have made it right. He would have, um, maybe came out publicly in some sort of a video statement like the Arizona uh whatever I think it was the paper that had the article that was getting really tossed around about uh this that got a lot of traction Elliot Freeman shared it and stuff on Twitter um I would have if I was him he should have called that publication and he could have said listen let's do a sit-down interview and I'm going to fully talk about what happened he could have not ran from it at all he could have answered the tough questions none of this would have been easy but he could have um again said why don't I I'm going to stand up I'm going to start some sort of a foundation where we are going to make a difference and at no point am I going to hide behind what I did in my past I'm going to actually fight and I'm going to I mean make steps to make this right I'm going to grow from it I'm going to learn from it and by me doing so I'm going to help others who are making poor decisions as well to make better ones in their future because we can learn from what I've done and we can make the world a better place in the future that's what he should have done i'm not saying that that's the only way it could have perspired or been portrayed i guess am i using the right word i don't know i just think that this could have been handled totally different in in a lot of ways i think that the handling of it by um uh, the university of north dakota the coyotes the nhl as a whole is uh honestly in a way embarrassing that they knew about this and they're just kind of reacting to what uh the public's cared about after I think in a way that they, they should have uh, stuck with this kid and it wouldn't have been a good look. It wouldn't have been, but they could have turned it into something positive. And instead now, I mean, cancel culture. I understand people getting what's coming for them, but now there's, there's no form of like that comeback story from situations like these, like we're just, this kid's 17. He did terrible things when he was even younger. And, um, he's put, he's in a situation, unfortunately that he was good enough at hockey that uh, he couldn't run from this at all. I mean, in a lot of ways, a lot of people have done crazier shit than that, and they've been able to run for him and not, never have to answer for it. He's answering for it now, but what is he really answering for? Like, what are they doing b- by cutting him off from the opportunities that were presented pre- presented to him now that there's public outrage? I don't agree with it, but whatever. What do we do, right? I mean, I, at the same time, he made his own bed. So the 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 way this is portrayed, I don't feel bad for him. Um, I think that there's ways that he could have done better to make this not happen. I think it could have been avoided. Um, it'll be interesting to see what perspires are this in the future. I'll definitely gonna, It's definitely going to be a name that I'm not going to forget. I'm a big elite prospects uh, guy. I'll be checking him to see where he ends up and see his path. I mean, that's a kid that I'd love to. This story is way bigger than this show, but I'd love to have him on and talk to him. And be like, what the fuck were you doing then? And what the fuck are you going to do with this now? How do we make this right? there's it because what happened was wrong but there's a way to have a more positive outcome come from this all this uh publicity of the incident so i don't know what to say other than that folks i mean it's it's a weird week and i feel bad uh especially for the kid involved the the kid that was the victim of this incident which is not mitchell miller it is the uh crothers kid yeah he he not only had to go through this but now with all this publicity he's going through it again and i'm sure you know he's getting a lot of uh people probably uh, approaching him and, I mean, offering support, but, I mean, I'm sure it's not the type of support that he was hoping from this public now, public incident. So, enough of that. Going to be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, what do we do, right? Um, another big thing that was everyone was losing their shit about is Bobby Orr endorsing Trump. I mean, first of all, it's Bobby Orr. Like, I don't give a shit about Bobby Orr's political opinions. He could, like that if you don't agree with it who cares it's bobby Orr. it's like i I, it's just first of all i find it very odd like why would why would he do that bobby why would you do that like you know you know what people are going to say and i mean i've not, not looked into it tons but he's he said it was for the policies and you know maybe it is and i guess uh there it was a paper in new hampshire it wasn't a canadian publication that this all broke news on but for some reason don cherry was was trending after this broke news and it was all because everyone was saying well He's best friends with Cherry, so you know he's an asshole. I'm like, holy fuck. Give it a rest, people. Gives a shit. Like, everyone just... like. Also, why do everyone care about, like, political opinions? Like, I I find that that... What happened to the days where, like, you could tell someone, like... Or not tell someone? I feel like you didn't have to. Now it's, like, who are you voting for? Like, it has to be so public. Like, that's why, like, Trump will probably win again. Like, I honestly, like, I don't know... I have no political um intuition affiliations i guess we'll say anything i have no interest in this at all but the way that this is all going i mean you get a bunch of people that are i mean anyone that supports trump just gets called out absolutely barraged to the form that like they're told that they're like terrible people like i mean you keep telling people that they're probably going to start acting terrible and the media's portrayal this whole thing is hilarious but i mean honestly watch trump win again it's gonna be crazy They call it the, what is it, the 79 days of hell they're going to endure after the election. The election's very soon, very crazy, but we don't talk about that on this show. It's not a political podcast, right? Cripes. I've really been enjoying my new position I have as a warehouse worker at a liquidation store. Much different than the bartending scene that I was a part of for parts of seven years prior to that. Uh, this is a hilarious gig. I love it. I just you know, basically sitting in the back fucking around with tools, throwing shit together. It's a good time. Uh, recently a kid just got hired to the warehouse. He's fifteen years old. It's his first job ever. He only works from two thirty till about five or six, not getting tons of hours, but he's fifteen. I mean, that's earlier than I had my first job. I think I had my first legit job in twelfth grade. I mean I had other hilarious jobs before that, but like a, a job where you'd actually, you know, work multiple time, times a week. You know, you're not just working once and Every now and then, but I mean, I just I talk I, I just can't keep stop thinking in my head. I'm like, why don't I just love? Why, why don't we just corrupt them? Start telling them hilarious shit. Be like, hey Reese, you know you, the tenth grade doesn't pay as much as this job. Why don't you just cut it off there? You know what's really good, Reese? When you get multiple credit cards and you just open them up and you get thousands of acts to thousands and thousands of dollars immediately. You can make your dreams come true. You have to pay them back. Bo- you have to pay them back. Maybe. Maybe don't. You know what do right now? It's really hard to get in trouble, Reese. Do something brash. Do something stupid. Put yourself out there. Get your name circled around some different avenues, some places you've never been before. Try some different crazy shit. No, but it's funny. He's a good kid. I just find, like, working in any job, You universe find fine, like... And again, I like to reiterate that I actually do have a job. So, like, I mean, a lot of these podcasters you're listening to, they're out there. They're talking about La La Land. They're talking about fucking diddly dick. They don't have nothing to talk about that fucking certainly I can mostly ever relate to. But I mean, I just find this human reactions you get from people day to day. They certainly say a lot about them. And this is one that I've always really pissed me off. And it really falls back to treat people how you'd like to be treated if I if I will. Um, whenever someone's late, like I don't when they walk in, I don't I would never make a comment being like, holy fuck big night last night hitting the bottle baby where you get a little drunk where you get a little fucked up is that why you're late kid like no I just leave it alone like if someone walks in late they could walk in half an hour late and I won't say a word I don't care if I hate them if I don't if and this is my opportunity to chirp them because they maybe they're the person at work that always gives you the gears but when someone walks in late I don't look at I just look at them I nod my head and say hey how you doing welcome what's going on I'm not welcome but I say hey what's up I act like nothing's weird. I act like nothing's happening because I hope that maybe one day when I'm running a couple minutes late, maybe I'll be given the same break by that guy. No, I don't need a hard time. Or like, It's like people addressing what you already know is fucked. It's like a hockey coach. Like say I, you got the puck and you came around the net there and you fired a pass right up the middle, tape to tape with the wrong guy. And uh, maybe they did something fucked like score right after. And then, you know, your coach comes down the bench and he yells and he goes, hey, don't turn the puck over here in the middle. That's basically, the, that's how I view that. Like, it's just an unnecessary statement that doesn't need to be said. You're doing nothing, you're adding nothing to the to the situation. And many of the times, the people that use those opportunities to call people out is, that's their choice, that's their version of humor. A lot of people's humor is pointing out the mistakes of others real time as they happen. And they think that that's their, that that's humor to them. Because a lot of them don't have, not only not a cognitive thought, but they cannot process a thought that was not derived from the studying and or readings of a textbook. There's a lot of people like that. So all I'm saying is don't be that guy. When someone comes in late to work, you don't call them out and be like, Oh, fucking idiot. You are late today? You just don't, you just don't say it. You let it go. You let it fly. All right. This is a little bit of information. I'm just going to, I'm just gonna start unraveling a little bit, of, a little bit of info. Cause I like to think that I'm a good people person And that's a little bit of tidbit of info I'm going to release maybe every episode. We'll leave a little life lesson at the end of the show here. I'm not going to push it on too much longer than this, but I think that's something that everyone needs to hear, everyone needs to know. And now, another one, if you are going to be late. I learned this one at a very young age, and thankfully I think it hit me pretty good. Like I I grasped it at a young age, maybe 16, 17. Um, I was coming in late for a workout once, and the trainer I had at the time... I came in, I gave him the old sob story, the old, oh, fuck, I'm sorry, I forgot my water bottle, then I was filling it up, and I had to get gas in the way, and then the fucking guy in front of me fucking dropped his Gatorade, and he had to get another one, I sorry I'm late, and the guy just literally looked at me, he's like, shut up, fuck up, shut the fuck up, he said, he's like, just never tell anyone why you were late, just literally look at them and say, I'm sorry, it won't happen again, my bad. It is so true. Like the sob story does nothing to anyone, but just gets everyone else more fired up. So if you're ever late, don't give them a fucking pretext being like, hey, sorry, uh, fucking school traffic. Uh, went through the school zone. There's a bunch of kids with the crossing guard. He dropped his sign and then the whistle blew and then they were all coming. Don't give any of that shit. If you're ever late, just wear it and just be like, sorry, I'm late. It's my bad. Shouldn't happen. That's, and what, what are people going to say to that other than, okay, that's all you can say. You can say that. You can use that advice in a lot of different scenarios. When you fucked up, just admit it. It really goes on a lot easier. It squashes the scenario. It doesn't have all that trickling anxiety about how you're going to keep the situation going now that you're living in your life of lies. That doesn't have to happen, folks. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm gonna cut it short here this week. All right. I need to get some good guests on. I've I've been doing these solo ones because I don't think that every show needs me to have a guest on. I don't think that that's what this show needs to be about. I want to ensure that when I do have guests on, that we're going to talk about shit that's relevant and that they're going to come on and they're going to say things that's going to add, I guess we'll say, substance to us, to myself, and to you, the viewer, All right, Folks, I apologize again for getting this out. I think that with my schedule, I wanted that Sunday night release because... I, am, I, I think it's great to start the week off with maybe a show you like or something like that. And I was hoping that I could find the void to be that show. But right now, with me working six days a week, it's been hard to uh, make that happen consistently. A lot of episodes coming out Monday, Tuesday, yes, the other fucking other thing. I hope that's not affecting you, the viewer. Um, I hope that uh, you, you bear with me for a little bit here. This show is going to be something special, folks. I mean, I've seen so many of these fucking things you see online. It's like, are you a podcaster? Here's 17 ways to organically grow your show. And you click on it, and it's like a guy teaching you how to run a podcast, and you've never heard of him. I've never heard of him. So, I mean, why should this guy be teaching me how to fucking run a podcast? I've never fucking heard of him. He's probably running a shitty show. Um, it probably doesn't add anything to the viewer. So what's the first thing you should do in that situation? You should go on online and teach others how to do their show. So, no, I won't be listening to that. Uh, a lot of people tell me that I'm, I'm more than eight weeks out. I'm not a new show anymore by the algorithms on Apple and Spotify and whatnot. And that's fine. This thing's just going to keep gaining speed. I can't reiterate really enough, people. I need you to download the episodes, okay? The analytics don't not see you. Just listen to it and press play. Please download the episode. If you don't have room on your phone, you can download it and then remove it right away, okay? You can listen to it. You got to download it, though. Um, I really appreciate it, folks. Keep the reviews coming in because those are the kind of things I unfortunately need to ask for because that helps me out with all the algorithms online and I don't do any advertising. I have not boosted any posts on Facebook. I've made this page on Facebook. I've made some Instagrams. Um, The Facebook cult just keeps trying to, every second, they're just giving me notifications about how I can advertise these pages and start paying money and reach more people. And I mean, yeah, I could do that. But that's not how this show is going to go down. This show is going to be organic. This show is going to be word of mouth. Um, A lot of people that do listen to this show, I know I know you personally. And I appreciate you being with me for believing in me. Because this is going to happen, folks. It's going to be fucking magical. It's going to be a ride. It's going to be a fucking trip of a lifetime. All right? We can guarantee that. It's going to be fun to see where this show goes. Please interact with me on social media pages. That's what makes this fun. I really do enjoy doing this. And I mean... If it doesn't get any bigger than it is right now, I have a couple listeners. I have fun doing it with you all. I enjoy people tuning in to hear my thoughts weekly. And um, I hope I am adding something to you, the viewer, all right? I love you dearly. Wherever you're at today, kick some fucking arse, all right? Make it happen. Uh, Get out there, get uncomfortable, and be yourself, all right? Not a self-help podcast. But folks, we're fucking doing it. This is episode 16. Thank you. If you think I need any certain guests on the show, you reach out and you tell me right now, and I'll get them on. And we'll have a conversations that'll change this world, folks. This is the project. This is episode 16. Thank you so much. This is Hopsy, Baby. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good night.